to Stage Door Sessions by Broadway Direct. In this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with Broadway's brightest, bringing you what's new, what's noteworthy, and what's coming next to a stage near you. I'm your host, Elisa Gardner, and today we're speaking with you from the Tony Award nominees press reception, where some of those brightest and most noteworthy artists have gathered on a two-show day, no doubt running on sheer adrenaline here, to uh, talk about their work, the season, and being tapped by Tony as the big night approaches. In this episode, we have some of this year's Tony nominees for performance by an actor or actress speaking with us about what brought them to their productions and characters and what the ride has been like since then. We are here today with Brandon Uranowitz, who is Tony nominated for playing Larry in Burn This. Uh, congratulations on your third Tony nomination Thank in, I you. think, four or five years. Yeah. That's not a bad years. run. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I'm still shocked and floored. Well, you're doing something right. Um, I guess. Had you been familiar with this play or ever seen a production? I'd never you, seen a production of it. You must have been in utero when it was <laughs> No, I was one. All I right. Was one. Well, I was close. Yeah. So I didn't make it to the original production, but uh, I knew of the play uh, in in sort of small little snippets just from scenes that I had seen people do in college and um, reading parts of it in college. But I had actually never read the play cover to cover before being involved with this production. Uh, did Larry appeal to you as as a character you wanted to play? two or three lines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, as soon as he entered while I was reading it and his first couple of zingers came in, I was like, I know exactly who this man is. Uh, who yeah. is how did you recognize him? <laughs> I, 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 we have a very similar way of navigating the world um, and using humor as uh, a defense mechanism and as armor for the very soft, tender interior. <laughs> Mm, I see. Well, this this play was written by Lanford Wilson uh, in a very different time, and I guess you could call it something of a of a period piece. It was one yeah. of the first plays on Broadway or, or in New York, I think, generally to address AIDS. Um, but I think it also speaks to audiences very much today for, for different reasons. Um, you know, and I think it's a testament to Lanford's writing and his intellect. Uh I really do feel like this is a very timeless um, play. Uh, sure, the circumstances sort of underlying the the action of the show are of the time period, like the AIDS epidemic, um, you know, and the 80s political climate. Um, that's all in the undertow. But what's on the surface of this play is really just four people mm -hmm. uh, exploring passion and grief um, and friendship and love. Um, all things that all humans throughout the history of humanity have been navigating and dealing with. Um, so I feel like this play could have been written years and years ago uh, and it could be written years and years from now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a special piece, I think. It is, and a special performance. So thank, thank you, you very, very much, much. For, I appreciate it. for joining us of for course. the congratulations. Thank you so much.
We are here today with Caitlin Kinunen, who is up for her performance in The Prom yes. for a leading actress in a musical. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, this musical addresses a subject that's very timely yes. right now, the challenges faced by LGBTQ youth, uh, which you deal with in ways that are very funny with these... Mm-hmm. Uh, lovable Broadway invaders uh, coming into your town. I love that, Broadway invaders. Yes, yes, but also also very moving. Yes. Um, So how did you juggle that? Was Um, that a challenge? No, actually, it's really cool how the show is balanced because there is this crazy over-the-top Broadway world, but then there's also the world of Indiana, which is very real and very heartfelt. And I have the joy of playing Emma, who is a real and honest and vulnerable girl. And she's that way through the entire show. And it's just, you know, I start the show and I just, I continue on the same level of like, I'm just here. I'm just trying to go to prom, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really get pulled into the crazy Broadway element of it. I just get to show up and be like stable. <laughs> yeah. And you're young enough, I would think, to uh, to maybe, you know, to have these issues yeah. sort of like know people who these yes, issues definitely. are confronting. Did you draw on that? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the most amazing parts of being a part of the show is that I get so many young kids and young adults um, who are part of the LGBTQ plus community come up to me and say thank you and that they feel seen and heard and represented in a way that they haven't before. And to hear those stories is heartbreaking and overwhelming, but it also is so amazing that we can connect over this piece and have a conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I spoke with several of the people in the cast and and the, um, the creative team before the show opened and they were really enthusiastic about it in a way that was yeah. was genuine and it, it was clearly a labor of love yes and um i got the sense that they felt audiences would would share that and yeah and clearly they do they so do it's really it, it truly is a magical show you know people come and see it and they start very skeptical and like what is this but by the end of every single performance they're on their feet cheering and yeah it's it's incredible and you have some very funny and also poignant interaction with some of those veteran yes. performers. Yes, Has that I do. been a learning experience? Oh, yes. Working with Beth Level and Brooks Ashmanskis is a learning experience every single show. And it truly is incredible and amazing. And like they're so funny and so genuine and kind and smart and talented. Being on stage with them is everything. Well, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations. And I want you to describe your outfit (laughs) so we can, we can't see it, but it it looks like a a, prom dress, sort of. Lavender pink pleated skirt with a uh, bluey green, like jungle shirt with purple tigers on it. And a black leather jacket. And a black leather jacket. Of course. Let's not forget the jacket. Pumps. Oh my gosh. Let me see the pumps. They're okay. So she's like prown from the waist (laughs) down and prom from the waist down. And And then then sparkly sparkles. Funky on top. Yes. All right. Well, thank Thank you you so much much again. I appreciate it, you guys. Thank you. Take care. We are here with Fanula Flanagan, who is nominated for her wonderful work in The Ferryman, uh, an extraordinary play that I'm sure a few of you have heard about. This play addresses the troubles between Ireland, between Northern Ireland and uh, England um, in a certain time at its peak in the early 80s. Um, Did you think that it would resonate with American audience as strongly as it has? Or or for that matter, did you think it would be timely here because of current tensions of of our own? 
I think actually this play resonates with like everybody because as well as being set in the north of Ireland in 1981 at the height of the the tragedy that was the hunger strike, mm -hmm. um, it also is about family and we all come from families and it's about all those things that, that, that you experience in a family, at least I did certainly, which is love and loyalty, deceit, secrets, um, surprises, all of those things and death, which stalks us all and um, and occurs in families. And I mean, I know families who won't even talk about the deaths that they've experienced because it's shameful and because it's difficult and because the those secrets are best left untouched. So it's about all those things, much more so than it is about the polit politics of the piece. I think it rises above the politics. And that's what's so brilliant about it. That's very true. That is true. Um, and it is such a rich ensemble show. It's it's a really sprawling ensemble, all of whom did fantastic work under Sam Mendy's direction. What was that process like working with well, this cast? He is, uh, first of all, I was terrified uh, when Sam invited me to join uh, the show for Broadway. All of the cast from London who came over, they, they had all been doing it off and on for two years. So the thought of joining those seasoned actors um, who knew the play so well was really quite terrifying. But I have to say that Mendes has that particular gift of being able to put an actor at ease, just at ease enough so that you can trust him. And, and I do trust him. I, I think he is an absolutely exceptional director. Um, and and his his way of protecting his actors and looking out for them and taking care of them is so sensitive that it, you don't feel pampered. You just feel trust mm. and it's all right. Follow, do what he tells you to do. And so I did it unquestioningly. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of children and animals in this cast. <laughs> yes. Uh, is it uh, is it true what W.C. Field said about, uh, you know, being difficult, to, not being difficult, but, you know, you can always be upstage well, by said, children and animals? He said never work with animals That's or children. That's what he said. That's Thank right. you. Well, well, actually, our children, I don't work with the animals. In fact, I don't even see them when I'm ah. on stage because uh, the actor who is playing Schuler, who's playing uh, Tom, has his back to me and... Uh, when he pulls the rabbit out of his pocket and I'm not on stage when he carries the goose on stage. <laughs> so I only meet them in their dressing room down below in the basement <laughs> when I'm passing by. But uh, the children, I can speak about the children, the children that I work with, they're all from New York. They're absolutely wonderful. They're marvelous. And when I was struggling early on with the lines, the three little girls said to me, we have an idea. We can write your lines on the palms of our hands and then just <laughs> hold up our hands mm. in case you need to search for a word, which was so endearing. They're wonderful. They're really, it's difficult for them to sit and they have to sit and look entranced by my storytelling. Well, it's difficult to do that night after night and performance after performance, but they're truly marvelous. Yeah. It's a phenomenal cast. So thank you once again for joining us. And thank congratulations. You very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. 
On Stage Door Sessions, we're so happy to feature a wide range of the amazing shows playing on Broadway right now. There's truly something for everyone, but with so many options for buying Broadway tickets, it can get very confusing. Broadway Direct makes it simple. We will always direct you to the official source for tickets. Whether you're trying to decide on the best show for you or you know exactly what you want to see, we're able to get you the information you need to get the best seats at the best prices with the best customer service on Broadway. Buy tickets, get news, and explore all things Broadway at broadwaydirect.com. We're here today right now with Andy Grotlucian, who was nominated for his featured performance in Tootsie, the musical. This movie, this musical rather, based on a very famous movie, is uh, is just being loved by everybody. Um, were you a fan of the movie originally? And was the prospect of playing a role introduced by Bill Murray in any way nervous making or intimidating? Um, well, I, I I was a fan of the film. I'd seen the film, I think, the first time, you know, probably like ten years ago or something. And then when this came up, I had to reacquaint myself with it. Um, and it's 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 just really it has this beautiful, beautiful feeling. It's it's very very funny, but it has this big big heart that's behind it. Um, and so when we started working on this, and Scott Ellis, the director, was like, "Hey, come over and read this part in a workshop." And it was the Bill Murray part. Um, you know, I went back and I watched the movie to get the feel of things again. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Now, of course, Bill Murray is Bill Murray. And when he does things, he does things the way that he does it. Um, so I also knew that no one would be interested in my impression of Bill Murray. Uh, least of all me. Most <laughs> of all me, you know. And... Um, so fortunately, Robert Horner, our book writer, he he wrote the, the character that I play, the Bill Murray part, Jeff, um, is even more fleshed out than it is in the film, um, which is which is great. And uh, but yet I still have some amazing uh, one liners. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not trying to do Bill, um, but it's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to, you've actually already answered a couple of oh, my questions, which is great. <laughs> uh, your, your character has evolved uh, very much yeah. as have the others. And it's set in, in our, in our current time, there's been some updating, pretty extensive updating. Um, tell us about that without giving any spoilers about how this, this show now addresses the time we're living in. Well, uh, in terms of updating, I remember when we first did this in Chicago um, over the summer, um, and I had some friends come and see it who were so enamored. They're old fans of the film, and they thought that they were just coming to watch, um, you know, uh, um, that version with some musical numbers. So it's mm. kind of just an exercise in nostalgia or something. And um, so it took them time to get used to the new frame, which is not a spoiler. Um, there's, there's the soap opera has, has passed away and now it's taking place today right now. And, uh, with a Broadway musical that that's what Michael gets a role in dressed as a woman. Yeah. Um, sort of the function that I have in the, in, in, in the show 
in large part is to remind Michael that this is uh, this is a terrible idea. He doesn't understand the ramifications of his actions. And in a certain fashion, I think as well, to hold up my hand and say, it's not 1982 anymore. That's very true. You do. There's yeah. different things that are going on here. And like you, in order to be a full person, uh, you you would just have to understand your your politics with a much much greater specificity and a much larger breadth. Yeah, mm. and there's a twist involving your character, which I will not give away toward the end. Um, mm. Was that part of the? It feels like the characters have been fleshed out and kind of given their own stories and had their relationships enhanced. Was that a big part of uh, of the show's kind of mission as well? Um, I. I, I'm I'm not I'm not totally sure about that, um, but I do know that Robert, like the again the writer, um, our book writer, uh, I know that Robert has huge affection for these for these characters, and so giving them more meat uh, to play around with, I think, is there, and it's something that also like a musical can afford sort of the the swath of of you know more of, more of an experience in an evening. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sure. joining us. It's it's a terrific performance and a great night uh, at the theater. Thanks if you very haven't much. seen it yet. <laughs> Congratulations on your nomination. Thanks a lot. We are here with writer and actress Heidi Schreck, a Pulitzer Prize finalist this year, and now a Tony nominee as both a playwright and an actress for the one-woman play, What the Constitution Means to Me, which he also performs in, obviously. Congratulations on everything. Thank you so much. Um, So this is such a timely play, obviously, but did you have any idea when you began this that your love affair with the Constitution (laughs) would prove so infectious? Uh, I take you here. I did not. No, I started the play 10 years ago. Uh, I first performed it in 2015, a very different time. Um, and I, I had no idea that, um, you know, that the, the conversation I'm having in the play and the things I'm exploring in the play would become so timely or, or that so many people would respond to them. Yeah. And it's, I would imagine, evolved a bit also as, as our country has. Yes. I don't want to say evolved. (laughs) It absolutely has evolved. Although I will say, um, the play in 2015 is not substantially different than the play now. I think because it's about 230 years of history and it's about four generations of women in my family that, um, it, it, different parts of it resonate now, but I think the things that I'm exploring and it have always been true. And just the conversation about those things is much louder now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, finally having been nominated as a writer and an actress, and you've been very prolific in both, not just uh, for stage, but for, for TV as well. And in film, um, does one nomination mean more to you than the other? Oh gosh. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) they're both so exciting to me. I mean, I will say, um, they're, they're both incredible to me. I, I, my first uh, introduction to the theater was as an actor. I played Hermia in A Midsummer Night's Dream when I was six years old. So in a way, maybe the the actress nomination <laughs> is like a calls to my little girl self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, that, that would be the childhood uh, dream. I, that was my childhood dream. So that's exciting. Yeah, but the Pulitzer must have that's, appealed to your writer self. That appeals to my <laughs> adult self. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, both are richly deserved. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. out a few minutes and, and continued success. Wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.
Uh, we are here with Christine Nielsen, who is up for featured actress in a play for Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. Um, congratulations. And just, boy, this play was so spectacular. So oh, moving I'm and so funny. I'm so glad. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, it. That's... Weird and wonderful. Um, you were originally in another role in this play, um, and that's now played by Julie White, who's also up for a Tony, but you had to replace Andrea Martin after an injury. Um, does that make that a bit of a this a bit of a bittersweet thing. it's it's crazy it's uh it's not bittersweet i i uh andrea has been so incredibly supportive all during this i mean it was a an accident that happened that that had her leave the show so she's you know so lots of goodwill and like good luck and and help so i i feel very very happy about that and uh and uh i love julie i you know i've done a, a play with her a couple things with her. And I, I just think she's heaven. So she's so totally different. It's kind of fun to yeah. hear her take and think, oh, well, that was better. Or, oh, <laughs> I got that laugh. You know, it's like fun to do. You know, we, to we torture each other, but she's uh, just sublime in it. So it's really great. Well, as, as I mentioned, it, it is such a brave and beautiful and, and different play full of gore and wackiness and devastation and, and hope. Kind of like the news, right? <laughs> but there's hope in this play. That's I the difference. I do tell you. I do That's tell you. That's the key difference. It is. That's what I, when people say it's way out there and all that, I always say, but it is about our world, mm. not just our country, but imagine if you lived in England and all those crazy places right now, or Venezuela. Oh, yeah, what's going yeah. on? It's so scary that you go... Uh, uh, but what we do offer is hope and that you can see like a great history play that it's cyclical in some way that yeah. we survived it and we'll survive it again. You know? um, what kind of responses have you gotten from audiences? Are there people who come to see you and Nathan Lane and they're like, Hmm, this is well, different. I, I think more Nathan. <laughs> I think he's more out there. It's like, when is he going to sing? You know, something <laughs> like that. But uh, uh, I think I think for the most part, we've gotten the young people sit in the front, you know, so they get spattered with the blood and all that. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but the so they love uh, they love it. You know, they, they really get it. They get what Taylor's trying to say and uh, what the play is trying to say and how it's being said. They really get it. So we always feel great love coming. So yeah. very grateful for that. Yeah, it really, really and exuberance. does. You know, it's it's always exciting. It feels like a little bit like a rock concert sometimes. Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't get any blood on me. I have to go back now see, and see, see it you're again. You're lacking. It's a, it's a badge <laughs> of courage. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you very much. to tune into the Tony Awards, which will be airing live on Sunday, June 9th at 8, 7 central on CBS. This podcast is produced by Broadway Direct and the Nederlander Organization with Iris Chan, Glenn Halcom, Erin Provosnik-Wagner, and hosted and produced by me, Elisa Gardner. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on Broadway. <laughs>